0: We had been discussing Chapter 9, Raja Vidya, Raja Yoga. So far, we have seen that in the first three verses, Bhagavan gave this declaration that there is a king of all secrets, there is a king of all knowledge, we are going to discuss that. So that's basically his declaration. Tell them what you are going to tell them, tell them and then tell them what you told them. They told us what we we're going to discuss. And discuss this royal secret. And we have discussed many, many times. The secret is something which is very close to us, but we can't recognize it. Secret here, as we have discussed many times, is who I am, is the secret. And the knowledge which reveals who I am is the royal knowledge. So the next few verses from four to ten, Bhagavan talked about. The relationship-less relation with the Supreme. That self which I am so close but can't recognize it. What is my relationship with that? We have seen in the verse 4 through 10. You see, the one who does not recognize that, he will leave this world, this existence, without knowing me. Knowing this self who I am. So Bhagavan said, my relationship with the creation is that of no relationship. I pervade the entire jagat, but I'm not in it. The jagat is in me, but I'm not bound by it. I'm in all the actions, but the actions don't bind me. So we are obviously even more confused. So Bhagavan so why we can't recognize this relationship is because of one fundamental mistake we all make. It's what is that? It's the moga asha. I have this foolish desire. That I can get happiness which I'm seeking, the perfection which I'm seeking. Perfection is when there is no unhappiness. Is perfection then my life is perfect? We, I want my life to be perfect. When will it be perfect? Will it be okay? Neil, if you are doing well, but your family is not doing, no, no, no. I want everything to be perfect. I want my son to do well, my daughter to do well, my parents to do well, my grandchildren to do well, and as well as I do well, then I'm perfectly happy. Bhagavan said, that's a Moga Asha. I have the desire that with my finite efforts in this world, I'm going to get that perfect happiness. The Moga Asha. Therefore, I'm doing Moga Karma. Futile actions. Actions are not futile, but my expectations of those actions is unreasonable. Therefore, they're futile. You can be exercising to make yourself healthy, but then I have an asa that by exercise I will become a Muhammad Ali. Well, that's a futile asa. That's not going to happen. So, the actions by themselves are pure and simple. But I attach my expectation of what I will get out of the actions. Make them Mogha karma, Futile actions. He said, because of this, I can be classified as the or asura means one who is materialistic in his views. This material world will give me happiness. I can get the standard of living raised by making progress in the material world. We can solve the Syrian conflict by sending drones to Syria. Well, you can't defeat an ideology by sending drones there. So ideology has to be defeated by ideology only. So this futile actions which we are performing, having this faith, this material world as the answer to all my questions, he so said that makes me deluded, confused, and therefore I'm not getting that. Contrary that the Mahatmas focus on the divine nature of the supreme and therefore his own self. With the single-pointed mind, then they are convinced the reality is this and not the ever-changing world which I live in. The form and shape and colors which I associate myself with is the world of changes. It's constantly going to change. The world which I like today will not remain what it is. So Mahatmas, the great souls who have figured out this basic fact, who I am is something other than this changing me. From the childhood to a young man to an old man. Now in my age, I keep looking at all the people who reveal their age. So he's 80 years old, he looks like that. Oh, okay. 70 years, he looks like that. Okay. In a couple of years, I look like that. Because I constantly think that I have remained same since I was 30 years old. One of the interviews, Donald Trump was asked, what do you see yourself in a mirror? I see myself a 30-year-old. He was not wrong. He was absolutely telling you the truth. This is how we see ourselves. I actually always think that other people are older than me. I completely forget that I'm getting to be 70 pretty soon. He's uncle. (laughs) My mother one time went to a shop. And she was very young at the time. She was probably in her 30s. So the shopkeeper, a young man, told my mother, I a Maji, my mother was very upset. Maaji means an old lady. She was very clever. She said, kaka. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a young man, hardly 18. My mother said, kaka. Dekh bata <laughs> Show me that. <laughs> so she just countered. <laughs> she didn't feel she was old enough to be maaji. So I'm going to call you kaka. Because this is how we see ourselves We see constant. But then we have to accept because other people say you're getting old. My hair gets greyer. For a long time I was colouring my hair and it was the most painful experience I ever had, colouring hair. Because after a while few hairs start showing grey and then some roots start showing. After a while my barber told me, Why are you going through all this? You will look great in grey. I thought, okay. It worked out great. So Bhagwan said that Mahatmas know the in essence I am who I am, the single pointedly hanging on to this thought while working in this world of change, and therefore, they realize who they are. Satatam kirtayantaha they constantly glorifying that Supreme. So right now, I'll do kirtan to what? Myself. If you ask me, Neil, who are you? And that, there you go. I'll give you my life story. What I've achieved, and how I achieved, and where I started, and there was nothing, but then I did this. That's kirtan. Glorifying Me is Kirtan. Kirtayantaha satatam. We do that all the time. We say, I don't do Kirtan. No, you do. Anytime I ask you, how are you? You do your Kirtan. But that Mahatma, who has recognized that this changing Me in all that I have acquired and accomplished nothing but upadhi, is satatam kirtayantaha. That supreme reality which makes Him who He is. In last two verses, which we basically have seen, the Gnana Marga, Mahatma who recognizes who He is, is a Gnana Marga. One who is constantly glorifying the Lord is a Bhakti Marga. And then, <laughs> Namas Sintas Bhakta, Nitya Yukta, constantly engaged in the activities which unite them to me. The Karma Yoga. So, you've seen the three paths in revealing the secret. This secret is something which cannot be revealed to you by saying, Oh, here it is. You want tell me the answer, tell me the answer. We thought the Bhagavan is going to come out and give you the answer and we are done with it. Now he's saying, No, no, you have to do your part to reveal the secret. You know the secret, just work towards it. So, the three paths Bhagavan has given to Solve this riddle, Gnana Marg, Bhakti Marg, and Karma Marg. And all three has to be combined in your life to achieve that goal, Bhagavan. The next few verses talk about there are various ways to reach there. If you want to solve this puzzle, who I am, there's not only one way, or two ways, or three ways, there are various ways to reach it. So Bhagavan says, Gnana Yagnena Cha Api Anye. Some others have also used Jnana as a Yajna. Yajna we have been constantly defining is I am offering something to gain something for greater good. So Yajna is something not just for this limited being's well-being, but for a greater good. Yagna was obviously ritual which we have all learned, but the Yagna is also used. Gita Gnani Yagna. When Swami used to come and have seven day lectures, they will publish a Gita Gnani Yagna. But well, there won't be any fire, there won't be any chanting. But you're offering your misconception about Bhagavad Gita to learn Bhagavad Gita. So that's the Gita gnani Yagna. Gnana Yagnana Chapis. So people have used this as a means. You know, to get that knowledge. Yajanto Mam Upasate. This is the Upasana. Something which I'm striving to achieve, I have to practice some austerities. I'm performing Gnana Yagna as my offering. Ekatvena. Pruthaktvena. There are many ways now. Gnana also can be performed in a many ways. I want to know the Supreme, I want to know myself. But there may be many ways to approach it. One is to Ekatvena, Then He's one. Now I have to see the world from that perspective. I fix my basic principle or hypothesis and then apply it in my world. If I start with saying Ekatan, there is only one supreme reality. There is nothing else that exists. We talked about it from a science point of view. There is nothing but singularity at the time of Big Bang. Then there is a Big Bang. The whole universe came out of it. And then we have all this development I read in recent time that we have just entered into a new epoch called Anthropocene Epoch. 1950, it says it started. This is the most dangerous time because all these other epochs, the geographical conditions were more conducive for people to live. The last 12,500 years of an epoch, which was the most conducive for human development, from 1950 onward, is the most dangerous. because Now we are destroying the atmosphere by destroying your geographical conditions. But all these things are happening, and I'm part of it, but I have the one single principle that one single reality exists. Singularity is the reality, and this plurality of the universe is nothing but its own manifestation. If I fix that in my mind, and then now look at everything. I apply that principle to everything. This is what we do when we take any principle in science and then apply it wherever it is necessary. If I want to understand this world and I and my relationship to its creator, I fix one principle. It may be ekatven. That's his one. That's a non-dualistic school of philosophy, as we know, which is Bhagavan Sankracharya basically propagated. Before Bhagavan Sankracharya came, the Buddhism was going to overwhelm India, and Hinduism would have been completely wiped out. He defeated the idea by reorganizing and creating a new interest in the Hindu philosophy by having this non-dualistic school made more prominent in our thinking. Prathaktvena, he is him and I am I. That's also perfectly alright. Now I have a relationship I can look at that I don't control my world. But He controls my world and myself. So that is Dvaita philosophy. It still takes you to the same conclusion. Who I am and what's my relationship with Him. Bahudha Visvato Mukham. Or I can look at it as He has many faces facing everywhere. Anywhere I see is Him. Because we started out by saying if the Bhagwan created this universe out of His own self then this universe is nothing but manifestation of His-Self. So then everything I see, I turn around and I only see Him only, because it's His expression. We have learned many, many times that, or at least we have discussed many, many times, that if I do something, even as a child say, if you do something wrong, if you lie, nobody may know, but Bhagwan will know that. Because just as he has many mouths and many, he has also many eyes. So as long as I know what I have done, he already knows because I am nothing but his own self. So whatever the philosophical principle I want to adopt which is more conducive to my liking, ekatvena, bahuda visvato mukham, but as long as I offer my ignorance about who I am and what this world is all about based on that principle I will reach that knowledge therefore Bhagavan says that's a gnani yagna. what we do is we have a different set of ideas at different times when I think about me is different when I look at the world is different the world is evil unjust society is unjust corrupt I am divine pristine Therefore, we have this difficulty. The Bhagavan said, you fix your principle, then apply it in wherever you have any inquiry in this world, and you will come to the same conclusion. So that's a Gnab yeah. Then, we already learned in Chapter 4, that the one way to recognize this unity in this diversity is to keep in mind that everything that is happening is nothing but him and him alone. The action, the actor, and the equipment of action, they're all one. So in chapter 4, in verse 24, we have learned Brahmarpanam, Brahmahavihi, Brahmaagnau Brahmanahutam, Gantavyam Brahma Brahmakarma Samadhinaha. Brahman is everything the oblation, one who is offering, the offering itself. The same idea is now supplemented in this chapter. Aham Kratuhu. Bhagavan is giving now you the pointers. These are the various paths. You start inquiring by fixing your principle as He is one, He is many, or He is everywhere. Dvaita Advaita, or Visishta But whatever principle. So we, we think that they are contradictory each other. No, they are not contradictory. There are various ways to look at this world. Different perspectives. So one other perspective is, now look at this thing. Aham Kratuhu. Kratuhu used to be a sacrifice ritual in Vedic time, similar to Yajna. But then, Vedic and post-Vedic time, yagna became more prominent. So Bhagavan said, Aham Kratuhu, Aham Kratuhu. Whatever the ritual was, it is all me. The offerer, the action itself, the enjoyer, the equipment, all is me. Aham yagna. Now say, okay, Kratu, I don't know anything about Kratu, but I know about Yagna. I say, okay, Yagna is also me. Even Yagna, whatever is taking place, the action itself is me, the actor is me, and the equipment of action is also me. So yagna is also me. Swadha Aham. Now well, I'm have nothing to do with Kratu or Yagna, but I do the Pitru Arpana called Sraddha. So my mother says Bhai, tu kare nahi, Moto chokro, you are the eldest son all our ancestors will not get anything. He said, but I have three other brothers. They are very religiously doing it. You offer the offerings to a pitrus. All 50 days period. So, so the pitrus and the swadaha. So if I don't have anything to do with yagna or kratthu, but I do a slid pitru arpanam, Bhagavan says that's also me. Your pitru is me, the offering is me, and the offerer to pitru is also me. And I said, okay, I'm not in any of that. I'm in the well-beings of everybody. So what I'm practicing is what is good for everybody. Aushadham, nourishing food. That which is medicinal qualities to improve your life and improve your health and improve the society's well-being. And that's what I'm practicing. He said, but then that's also me. The aushad which you're using is me. The doctor is using the Asudyama, so and the patient is taking it's also me. Anything which you can think of, mantra, but I am chanting mantras, and have faith in mantra. So that's also me. Evam, Ajyam, Agni, Aham, Hutam. In the ritual of yagna, the mantra is chanted, which is to purify your mind. The mantra is chanted during yagna. Why do you do this opening prayer when we start this class? We need to purify our thoughts before we start the Gita discussion. The mantras in the Yagna time is to purify your attitude towards what you are doing. So put everything aside, focus on your yajna. mantra. Aham. Those purifying mantras are also me. Evam so ajam. Even the offering, agnihi, that which is receiving, is also me. And hutam, the one who is offering, it, is also me. All that is happening right now is seeing it all differently. There was a one video I was so thrilled it was about a four-year-old child talking to her mother or whoever and saying why she doesn't want to eat meat. And I don't know if anybody seen it. Cute. Yeah. So cute a girl. And, and I think the way she explains about that's not nice that we cook this animal sometimes. So three or four. Say so What will you eat then? So I will eat anything on the table. But so why they were, I don't think they like to be cooked. <laughs> See, we don't feel that because we have differentiated ourselves from our food. For a while in my life, I have eaten meat because I have never seen an animal being slaughtered. So when food comes in nicely packaged, do not this very well, for me, it's just food. But no connection between what it is. So once you associate yourself with what you are eating, your attitude towards food will change completely. So once said, right now you have so, become so numb towards the world that this is me, in the world is so anything that can, any cruelty which you see it doesn't really affect you because you have disassociated yourself. Once you start associating that all that is happening in my actions is all me, your attitude towards your life will change completely. Everyone said, mantraham evadjam aham agniyaham agni hutam. I'm everything that is taking place in your experience. The experiencer is I, the experience is I, and objects of experience also I. You know I cannot be cruel to the objects of my experience either. Pitaham asya Jagataha. Mata, dhata, pita, but this verse is very unique. It gives you our relationship to the Bhagawan. So each relationship is different. Say, Pitaham. I'm your father. The father is a regulator. He regulates your life. Normally in all families except mine. Father is the one children are afraid of. right? Typically father is the regulator. He disciplines you. The Bhagawan says, I am the one who is discipline? I am your father. I discipline your life. Mata dhatapitamaha. For this entire jagat, pita aham ascha jagataha. Mata dhata pitamaha. Each relationship is different. My relationship with my father was different. My relationship with my mother is different. Father regulates my life, but when I'm in trouble, I go to my mother. Mom, can you I was so close to my mother that everything happening I've told my mother I never told my father. So Bhagawan said, not only that, you can also come to me. I'm your mother as well. So that's why anything goes wrong and we can't figure out, oh Bhagawan, you take care of it. At the time, he's not disciplining us. He said, Dhata, he's the one who is supporter. But there are times you don't have father or mother. Father or mother, I left my house when I was about 18 years old and never went back. So my father and mother were never there to support me. Other people supported me, people who never knew me. Somehow there was a support for me for whatever I needed to do. Sometimes other entities who we rely on, our neighbors, our friends, But Bhagavan said, that's all me. I am the supporter of this Jagat. And Pitta Mahaha, and also grandfather. Now I'm a grandfather, so that's a very special relationship. That relationship is very different than all of this. You know why? When I look at my son as a father, I have some expectations. At least, if nothing else. Grandchildren, you have no expectations. That love is pure love, without any expectations. So when I'm giving some advice to my grandchildren, that without any expectation, just I know that I won't be even there when they are living their life, I want to make sure that whatever the wisdom I have, pass it on to them so that they will live their life appropriately. That's the pitamaha. Therefore, pitamaha is very important. Vedyam pavitram omkaram. And I am that sacred om in Vedas. Om symbolizes many things. But at the basic, it symbolizes my past, present, and future. Or the creation, sustenance, and destruction. We say, even in all these three cycles, my past, present, future, or my waking, dream, and sleep. These three states I exist in. Mandukya Karika said, these are the three states. But then there is a fourth state which is the supporter of all the three states. I am different in my deep sleep than I am in my waking. I am different in my waking than my dream. There is something remains constant. That is my fourth state of existence. And then Omkar is the complete representation of all the four states, what Veda declares. So I'm that, I am that complete knowledge about who you are. Rukh, Yajuhu Yajuh, Evachar. Last time prajakta pointed out the Atharva Veda is not mentioned Bhagwan Bhagavan we only considered uh, Rukh, Sam and Yajuhu because those are the ones who gives you the knowledge about your own self more clearly than Atharva because Atharva is more engineering and alchemy. When I went to architecture school, I was really struggling because I had no background in design or engineering in my family. And then obviously gradually I got grip of it. Then I heard somewhere that Bharadvaj Rushi was an aeronautical engineer. Bharadwaj Rushi, mm-hmm. who is my mother's side, the ancestor of this Gotra, who was an aeronautical engineer. Then I said, oh, that's why my mamas were all very good at fixing things, you know. They were making watch repairs and all this. So they... Inherited some genes from Bharadva Jirusi. So maybe I have some engineering genes which I will probably do well in architecture. So Atharva Veda is more utilitarian in most of it. There are actually some beautiful, beautiful Upanishads from Atharva Veda. But in totality, it was done for more a practical use in your day to day life. Maybe that's the reason Bhagavan Vedavyasa did not think it is necessary. My perspective he didn't fit in his meter, probably. when he was doing the poetry, he couldn't fit in the fourth one in it. So that's okay, etc., etc. This one we will be your stop. Om sarve bhavantu sukina, sarve santu niramaya sarve bhadrani pashyantu. Mā kāścid शांति bhāg bhavet Om shāntihi, shāntihi, shāntihi Harihi Om Shri Guru नमः Harihi